Medical News contains continuous reports about the impact of concierge medicine by physicians. Is there a new trend among nurse practitioners to create a similar health model? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre, your host, and with me today is Jay Fotland, a family nurse practitioner who runs a family practice in Rochester, Minnesota. And today we are discussing the health membership model. Hi, Jay. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Jay, there are lots of MD concierges or direct pay models. You have a health membership model. Can you tell us the difference between what you do and what they do? We probably offer very similar features in our model where it includes a one-time fee for an entire year and unlimited clinic visits, which would include anything from lacerations to nail avulsions, strep throat, things like that. And do you have a flat fee per person and then a certain amount for a family? How does that work? Yes, we help people build their insurance, but we take cash or check or credit card up front and a flat fee of $75 per visit. There's more costs added if they don't belong to the healthcare membership plan that I'm offered for things like lacerations, joint injections, or aspirations, things like that. So do you take third-party payers or Medicare? We do accept one insurance company where I'm a preferred provider, and all of the rest that we found has just been the paperwork, the headaches, where they don't pay my bill or pay my fee, then we have to resubmit, things like that. So we just decided to go to the basically a cash clinic. And how long have you operated this practice? Almost two years. Were you always in this area, or did you just move here and start the practice? I lived in Washington State for 10 years, and there's nurse practitioners, including they're independent from any supervision from a physician to open their own clinics. And that was always something I wanted to do, and I was working towards that goal when we ended up moving back to Rochester, Minnesota. So I've always considered it, and then things just kind of fell into place in the last couple of years where I could get to this point of owning my own clinic. So many of our listening audience probably doesn't realize that a nurse practitioner can own their own practice. Can you explain how this works? Yeah, I was kind of surprised by the question that we can own them because I didn't think that we couldn't do it. I know there's some states where there's more restrictions on nurse practitioners' prescriptive authority or their independence. In the state of Minnesota, we require a prescriptive agreement between a physician and a nurse practitioner. And it's a document that stays in the physician's desk drawer and my desk drawer at my clinic. My physician is located 80 miles north of Rochester, Minnesota, but we stay in contact by telephone or computer. And is there a supervisory requirement other than prescription? None on premises or anything like that. It's just basically a written agreement. And some of the things that we do, we'll review chart records once a year. And what's your relationship with your supervising physician? Do you work for him? Does he work for you? Or is he an independent contractor? I was paying a fee for her to be my prescribing physician. At one point during startup, when you start a new clinic, then money gets tight. She said, okay, well, I'll just sign it until things get going. Then we'll work on a payment later on. So it's really nice to have an understanding physician that when you're starting a new business, how things can be. And how large is your staff? There's just myself and my wife right now. I've had uh, hired other medical assistants during periods when we've been busy, but we're at the stage right now when we're right at that time when we're going to have to start adding more staff because of how busy we're getting. And when you add staff, would you be adding a mid-level provider or would you consider adding a physician? 
I would probably start with like an LPN, RN. I would add a nurse practitioner. If they want to come in and partner with me in my clinic, my nurse practitioner friends in the Washington area have hired physicians for their clinics. But I don't know if in the town that I'm at that many of the physicians have compete clauses where they can't have more than one job. Can a nurse practitioner employ a physician in the practice? I don't see why not. I mean, we could just sign an agreement and there's whatever kind of a compensation that we'd agree upon. And how about PAs in Minnesota? Can they own their own clinics as well? I don't think so. I think PAs are similar across the United States where there's more supervision. So this model appears to be very similar to the retail health clinics. Are you concerned that there's some competition for your business? Well, the local retail ones where they have, like the ones in Minnesota called Minute Clinics, those are all around the place. And sometimes that helps me out a little bit. Some people think it's a lot cheaper to go there, but then if they're not better in a treatment or have a question, they have no way of contacting that individual. Even though they say it's Minute Clinics, sometimes the waits are two hours long. They treat just maybe 10 things or so. And some of the patients I get coming back are kind of mad because They have statements such as, well, every time I asked the nurse practitioner a question, she had to look at a book to read up the answer. And I have 30 years' experience in the medical field, so it's like, yes, I still look at books, but I don't really scan medical journals during patient interviews. Do you have uh, hospital privileges? No. How do you work for your referrals to specialists or to the hospital? Two of the places here in Rochester have referral hotlines where they help me schedule patients that need to see a specialist, neurologists, rheumatologists, things like that. And what about for diagnostics, for x-rays or MRIs, labs? I have an agreement with a clinic I can send patients over for x-rays. Most of the time, if a patient of mine is going to need more specialized imaging, then I refer them to a specialist and they can order those tests. I have a small lab. I do some CLIO wave tests, but I do uh, draw blood and send samples to a laboratory for just about any blood test I can have. I don't have a culture counter or a chemistry analyzer or anything like that. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Lisa DeAndre, and I'm speaking with Jay Fotland, a family nurse practitioner who runs a family practice in Rochester, Minnesota, and we are discussing the nurse practitioner family health membership model. So, Jay, you're in the neighborhood of the Mayo Clinic. How do you compete with them? I'm not in competition with the Mayo Clinic. I'm not even on their radar. You're talking about millions of patients versus just a handful of patients. Local patients that either don't have insurance coverage at the Mayo Clinic or no insurance. All right, so you see non-insured and underinsured. Correct. And what are some of the best benefits of not being a third-party insurance taker? It pretty much limits uh, having any money that I'm waiting for to come in from insurance companies. So I'm usually paid the same day. I have patients that can't pay the same day, and they're ill, and they have no place to go, and I don't turn them back. If there's a patient that needs more care than I can provide here, I don't charge for those visits, and I refer them to the emergency room, urgent care, or specialist. Well, let's talk a little bit about your background. Tell me how you became a nurse practitioner and what your medical background is. Well, I went into the Air Force in 1974, and they said, okay, you're a medic. So I 
had experience as a medical corpsman, worked in remote sites in Alaska and emergency rooms in Alaska and Colorado. After graduating, I also did a program, uh, graduated as an EMT. I returned to Wisconsin, went back to school in Minnesota for get my bachelor of science degree, and then I started working at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Minneapolis. And in the second year, there's a, an RN that says, well, you should look at this nurse practitioner program. I never heard of it before. I looked into it, and I said, well, that sounds like something I could do because I was doing many of those same tasks as a medic, suturing, reading x-rays, things like that. And then when I graduated from that program, I moved to Seattle. At one point, I was going to try to get a job in Alaska, but there was nothing up there. So then we, I settled in the Seattle area for about 10 years. And then we moved back to Minnesota in 1993. But I've always thought about opening my own clinic. And after working for everybody else, it's just like, basically, I was on a patient conveyor belt, just one right after the other all day long. And Really, I didn't have enough time to talk with patients or try to get to know them and understand their needs better. So with my own clinic, I can schedule my own time, my own hour, and take the time that I need to feel comfortable managing their needs. And how do the patients feel about being treated by a nurse practitioner? Are they open to that? A lot of patients need to be educated on what a nurse practitioner can do in the state of Minnesota. I think in other states or I have the most experience with besides Minnesota's Washington State. They're more comfortable. They're more widely used. And I think just about every physician practiced in Washington State probably has a nurse practitioner at one time or another. And how do your local MDs feel about your practice? I think they're all supportive of it. I think everybody's kind of looking at me like, well, I wonder how long he's going to last and things like that, because I think I'm the first nurse practitioner in the state of Minnesota to open a family practice walk-in clinic. So... I might be more under the microscope than I know. Let's just go back to the health membership for a minute. In the health membership, and you charge the annual fee, what's included in that fee? It's any services I can provide here, full physical and blood tests that are age-appropriate, flu vaccine, basically any minor illness or injury is covered. Any recommendations for a nurse practitioner who's thinking about starting their own practice? There's days where I think you got to be crazy to do something like that because it's really nice just to drop your stuff on your desk and just go home where, where I'm actually doing the janitorial work, I'm ordering supplies, I'm you know trying to say, well, how can I make my desk look less messy when patients come in to have their blood drawn? Things like that. But I think you got to do your homework. You have to have a good lawyer to make a good contract. You have to have a really good collaborator. My physician collaborator has backed me up. She understands me. She knows that I'm safe. I'm not sticking my neck out. If I ever have a question, I've always asked her. Since I'm not a businessman, I have to have a good accountant and other business people that help me say, okay, well, Jay, you don't know anything about business. And I sometimes I give care away for free. That's the hardest part is trying to be a good businessman and billing at appropriate levels. Where can people get more information about the J Clinic? It's jclinic.com, www.jclinic.com. Okay, I'd like to thank my guest, Jay Fotland, for coming on the show. I'm Lisa DeAndre, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. 
I'm Dr. Larry Casco. Please join me this week on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'll be talking with Dr. Kathleen Franco, Associate Dean of Admissions and Student Affairs at the Cleveland Clinic Learner College of Medicine. And we'll be talking about free medical school at the Cleveland Clinic. I'm Lisa DeAndre. Join me this week when I will be speaking with Bob Blum, President of the Association of Plastic Surgery Physician Assistants. We will be discussing surgical physician assistants employed by hospitals. I'm Dr. Caton Sheff, inviting you to tune into Hot Topics in Allergy this week as we discuss health effects of mold, what's real and what's not, with Dr. Jay Portnoy at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Medicine. Download complete program information, live streaming, on-demand podcasts, and free CME at ReachMD.com. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air at XM160. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. This week, ReachMD is moving to XM Channel 160. Please make a note and tell your associates and friends. ReachMD, the nation's channel for medical professionals, will now be on XM 160. And thank you for listening.